three, two, one. Hello and welcome to My Property World. I'm Will Mallard and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jack D. Jack is the founder and CEO of Property Entrepreneurs Network. You're very welcome, Jack. Thank you, Phil, for um, having me on the show. So, Jack, um, I, I first came across Jack. Um, I, I can remember exactly where I was. I was walking through a park in, in central London and uh, my mobile went and uh, it was Jack. And he was, he was talking about this property entrepreneurs network. And I, I, I'll be honest, um, I, I was listening to him and I, I thought this all sounds like a good idea. Uh, and then he started talking about having 10,000 people on the various platforms that they're uh, that they've got going now that, that was that must be 18 24 months ago now Jack what, what's happened in between so it has grown to well over 20,000 people network at the moment um, but but a lot of people look at this property entrepreneurs network as a as a network in and itself even though it is, but at the same time, it's, a, it's, it's in fact the world's first property social media platform uh, where you can actually network with property investors, property professionals uh, from multiple countries. Uh, but yeah, it has grown massively, uh, literally in the last 12 months. Well, um, so, so through the lockdown, uh, obviously uh, what has been uh, bad for, for a number of people has been good for your your business and that there's probably more people with a little bit more time on their hands and uh, investigating things like property entrepreneurs networks. That's right. Well, uh, fortunately, uh, I mean, I, I started investing in technology back in 2006 and seven, and I kept investing in different projects and so on. I always knew that you can leverage technology massively. And for us, you know, this pandemic that we went through, has, has actually gone in our favor where the network, I wasn't even expecting it to grow as fast as it did. It's purely because people were sitting at home and instead of being able to do nothing, they were actually doing lots of social media networking, which allowed us to grow uh, the platform pretty, pretty quick. So, yeah. And, and so just going back into the, the past a little bit, uh, you, you might give us a flavor of your own uh, personal story and, and sure. Uh, career background? Sure. I mean, I came as an immigrant in this country about 21 years ago. Um, and for the first few years, I, I really struggled. In fact, I remember... Uh, well, well that's two of, of us. I, I bet that you didn't come as uh, far as I did from New Zealand. Oh, you came from New Zealand. Okay. Okay. And how long ago was that? Uh, it was about 2007 I left New Zealand from, from memory. Okay. So I came here 2000, Feb 2000, early 2000. And I mean, and where, where had you come from, Jack? I, I came from Afghanistan. Wow. Yeah. So that, that, that must have been an enormous change. What age were you when you, you arrived? I came here when I was 19. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and sorry, uh, continue. No, so, so the first few years, in fact, I remember the first couple of years, I went through 18 plus jobs in a short period of two years. And, you know, I'd, I'd go from one job to the other, I wouldn't like it, or I wouldn't get enough money or whatever that might be. 
I just wasn't satisfied. At one point, I thought, okay, I'm I'm just gonna go and start my own business, and and that's where it all started back in 2004 when I started my first business. Besides that, I had I was a part of my family business in my uh, in my early years. Uh, I started my first business back in 2004, and then carried on. The first few years of my business was horrifically bad. You know, went through ups and downs and so on. I was suicidal at one point. Um, you know, really emotionally and, and financially down. But at the same time, I really, really kept persisting. Uh, we built a chauffeur business, uh, like a luxury car business near Heathrow, uh, which we sold back in 2014. We had built that business from scratch to a team of 25 full-time and 20, uh, 25 full-time and 22 part-time drivers. And that was built from right scratch. So that was my background. But while I was doing that, I was also... Uh, educating myself. So I was listening to lots of books. I did my honors in leadership and management. I did my uh, uh, finance diploma. So I'm a qualified financial advisor. I also have a consulting diploma, but I did all of this while I was building a business. And we built that business, like I said, to, to a really good level, sold it in 2014. And then I carried on building another business from home, which I sold in 2017. And it's only in 2017, and I was in, in, the pro, in the process of while we were building the show for business, we sold that, I was also buying property, properties as well. So I was a, like a, a passive property investor. But back in 2017, it's when uh, we kind of took property a bit more seriously. Um, so we started being, in fact, the idea was back in 2017. We started in 2018 and we launched in 2019. Uh, but we kept buying properties. We kept doing developments behind the scene since 2017. Uh, I did a couple of flips. Uh, we did another development, a 4 million GDV development in Wembley. Uh, we've got 25 representatives around the country. Again, why am I sharing all of this? That, you know, if, if an immigrant can do it, so can you. And we all are, all are capable of achieving amazing things. Yeah. And, and what, what do you see as the main value add? So for a property entrepreneur, what, why would they want to be part of Property Entrepreneurs Network? What, what, what's in it for the entrepreneur? Massive, a massive amounts of value. I mean, you can go on the platform and if you are a property investor, you can find amazing properties. You can connect with other property professionals, investors, agents, architects, solicitors, accountants, suppliers, uh, other consultants. You can pretty much connect with all sorts of people on the platform. If you're a property agent, you can upload properties for absolutely free. Have investors call you directly while you pay and pay the likes of Zoopla and Rightmove and other platforms. You don't pay us nothing. You can do that for absolutely free. You can actually see the number of views on each property. The average view on each property at the moment on PEN is about 120 views. Um, there's loads of other features. There's social media features. There's chatting features. There's advertising, there's all sorts of things that you can potentially do to be able to scale your property business. And many of those features, in fact, 99% of the features are absolutely free. And you're, uh, you're also involved in property finance. That's right, yes. I'm a finance broker, that's my bread and butter. Right, and how's that going at the moment? Um, I must say that aspect of the business has been struggling due to pandemic. Um, a lot of lenders are very strict with their criteria at the moment, which means that for every 100 applications that we make, we barely close about five or six. So the numbers are very, very low. 
and it's very little to do with us and a lot to do with uh, this COVID situation we're going through and the lenders being very, very strict. Uh, but that has definitely been suffering, I must say. And, and what, what sort of criteria are standing out as far as things that are causing uh, applications to fall away? Okay, so, so one of the things that... Or, or to be uh, uh, at least rejected, I should say. Sure. So one of the major one is not enough profits in the deal. So a lot of people come to us for development loans or bridge loans. And what they don't realize is that the, 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 the numbers are inflated with GDV. Uh, the, the, the price that they're paying for the land or the deal itself is, is a premium. Uh, and when the lenders look at it, they, they end up, you know, you might present a analysis to a lender saying it's 25% net profit margins or 30% net profit margins. Lenders come back and they say, well, this is not even 20% net profit margins. And they won't look at any application that has at least 20% net profit margin. So eventually it just comes down to inflated GDV figures uh, and paying inflated or premium prices for the land or developments itself. So- And, and you can see how that, that uh, comes about. People, um, I, I think, uh, like to see things uh, in the best light. And uh, when they think they've got a deal, they, they want to, uh, justified, I suppose, and I, I don't know that there's a malicious intent. No. Um, no. But one of the most common situations that I, I, I see um, uh, is where where someone has a uh, some connection. They uh, uh, it might be within their locality. Uh, they uh, they may have been a, a tenant or worked in the building previously uh, mm -hmm. that they're looking to convert. Um, there might be some reputational element to, uh, that's nothing to do with the, the hardcore numbers. Mm -hmm. And for the average lender, that they're, they're not interested in any of that. You, you, you're right, Will. It's, it's just uh, people look at the best case scenarios when they're analyzing deals. While, strangely enough, the lenders look at, in most cases, the worst case scenarios. Okay? It's... I personally believe that whenever you're looking at a development, you must always, always look at the worst case scenario because funny enough, I've, I've done developments myself and I can assure anyone who's listening to this that things go wrong and they go massively wrong. And don't be surprised that you lose the top 5% or 7% or 8% or sometimes even 10% of your net profit margins because things didn't pan out the way you thought they would. And, and things do go wrong and they definitely do go wrong but people don't plan for that. They don't put in contingencies. They don't put in all of that. When lenders look at the analysis, they put in contingencies. They look at the worst case scenarios that you're not, you won't be able to sell them at the price that you think that you would be able to. And then eventually, the, you know, it comes down to sheer, like the numbers don't stack up. And that's, I think 70% of the applications that I see only get rejected just because of just really bad analysis and, and looking at the best and the worst case scenarios. Uh, that, that is one of the major reasons. Right. And, and in, terms of, um, in terms of the uh, connection between the two businesses, do you, uh, I'm presuming that you uh, direct uh, clients and, and, and uh, people within your uh, property finance business towards property entrepreneurs network. But is, uh, what about the other way? It's, it's actually correlated. Um, everything that we do pretty much at the moment, we are doing a couple of other things besides property as well. 
But at the moment, most of what we do is property related. So property finance, you know, PE and in and itself is a network of property entrepreneurs or property investors and professionals. Um, the other services that we kind of provide behind the scene, consulting and so on, all of that is property related, which kind of, you know, it's almost like, a, you know, one product or service uh, benefits the other uh, automatically, basically. Very good. Now you, you've got a. Um, you, you were telling me that you were you were doing some uh, training for your internal team, uh, mm -hmm. which you, you've got over 20, uh, 20 people internally now, I believe. So uh, they're uh, basically your representatives around the country, and they they help uh, build the network and source properties and do deals. Is that correct? That is right. Yes. Uh, do, do you want to give me uh, an example uh, of, of one, uh, one of your uh, representatives and how they got involved, what their background was and how it's going for them? So, so, so in fact, I can share with the, the first person who joined with us. Um, he actually used to work for DHL um, in, their, on their, in their operational department. And he was, he was an engineer. He actually left his full-time DHL business and now he's running his full-time property business uh, since he's been with us just a little over a year. Um, he runs his rent-to-rent -rent business. He also started investing into his own portfolio. He's bought one so far and in the midst of buying another one within a short period of, like, like I said, a little over a year, but 12, sorry, 13 or 14 months, 14 or 15 months now. And he's built his rent-to-rent -rent portfolio to now, as far as I remember last time when I spoke with him, to out of 14, 15 units. Uh, sitting on a very decent cash flow at the moment, sort of, I would say he's probably close to touching a six-figure income as we speak. Uh, I, 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 I spoke with him a week ago. He was on 100% occupancy, which will easily allow him to make six-figure income. So that's just one of the people, the first big person that joined us. Very good. And, and so um, your, um, your average... Uh, agent or representative, um, they they're tapping into uh, five hundred to a thousand uh, people, and is that done on a geographic basis, or how, how do you split it up? So, so the, the way it works is that we actually give different locations to all the reps. So, the one I, I shared earlier, he's got Coventry, so he actually manages P and Coventry uh, himself which means that when we do networking and we bring in more people into the, to the network, it allows the, per, the, the rep in that, in that region to grow their business based on the network. Uh, so they attract more better deals, they attract more sourcing business, they attract more investors. So just by becoming the representative of the company, you're more going to attract more business, more investors toward yourself, allowing you to scale your property business and your portfolio. So uh, for, for uh, a budding uh, property entrepreneur, being sent to Coventry is not such a bad thing if you can hit a six-figure income uh, inside oh, 12, 18 not. months. Yeah, it's certainly not. Yes, it's, it's actually really good income for, for that part of the region in, of UK. Very good. And, and what, what's happening out there as you perceive it? Uh, you mean what's happening in what sense? In the property market. Oh, you mean, what does it look like in the sense that the next year or two, you mean? Yeah, uh, no, no, what, what, what's happening now? Like, um, your, uh, uh, is oh, you there lots of activity of um, in your network? Like, what, what's, what's going on? So at the moment, we are actually in the midst of 
investing into hotels. Uh, we have viewed, I think about 30 plus hotels in the past a month or so. Uh, we are actually viewing a few more next week as well. And we're more likely to take on one of these hotels and we're talking about anywhere between 30 plus to 100 room hotels. Uh, literally in the next uh, a couple of months, we should be sort of agreeing on one of these. We, we've already uh, kind of agreed on the finance side of things, but that's what we are investing in as we speak. Okay, and, and um, is that, this is completed hotels, this is operating hotels, what? what, what? So more likely, we'll, more, more, more of what we're looking for is sort of rundown hotels, because we have a, a, a kind of a different plan. We're not looking to run sort of leader a run-of-the-mill hotel we're looking to do something completely and i mean completely different with it uh, so once we kind of launch you you will you will see what i mean by completely different it's not run-of-the-mill hotels that we're looking to do uh, because they're not necessarily profitable uh, but we're looking for sort of more slightly rundown um, not structural rundown but more like the cosmetic rundown stuff and then we can go in and you know do our own design and and so on and then we can we can run that yeah, um, and I, I don't necessarily agree with what I'm about to say, but I, I had a, um, I had another investor basically uh, say that hotels are, uh, in some ways, a terrible business because you, uh, you invest a, a big pile of money, you build this, um, this asset up, and and you know some of the time that becomes a winner. You've picked the yeah. right location, you've got the right marketing. Yep. Uh, you've got the right staff. It's a good experience, and mm -hmm. uh, as soon as you 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 get to the point where it's going well, someone's going to see this, and a rival chain will uh, will will build a place, and within three or four years of you uh, you know starting to uh, turn a good good income and a good profit, there's someone uh, around the corner uh, doing the same thing. Yep. Um, but it's brand new and you, you've got a choice. You either uh, start discounting and moving into a different category or you've got to do another refurbishment again. And, and, and what happens is um, as, a, uh, as a entrepreneur, the, 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 picking, um, the picking of where uh, a property is in that, that particular cycle, um, I... Uh, I wouldn't be smart enough to, to, to do that, but it sounds like you've got an interesting model. Uh, do, do you uh, mind sharing a little bit about what the, the basic game plan is? So, so it's slightly early stages for me to share what it's about, but I, what, I, what I can tell you is that you're, you're right. The person who shared that experience with you is absolutely right. The game here is to scale faster. If, if, if one person opens one hotel and they sit on that one and then don't be surprised, another one is gonna come and copy it, that's pretty obvious. But if one can scale faster, that means you kind of create a, a, like a franchise model and scale it faster. That way you'll always be the first one as in the sense that, you know, whatever the new stuff that we are bringing on the table, we will always be the first one. And all, the first one always keeps the biggest share of the market. In fact, in most cases, if you look at the stats, the first one in the market, if they're able to scale faster, will always keep 60% of the market. The second one that follows keeps 30% of the share market. And then the third one only tends to maybe only get about 5% of the share and, and split in pieces. So as being the first one, 
what we are going to bring is pretty unique and pretty new. But if we can make it scale faster, create the franchise model behind it, uh, we should be able to keep a, a major share of the business or a major share of the market, if I may say. Right. And are you looking for people to get involved in this in any way? Are you looking for hotels, investors, uh, hotel uh, staff? Like what, what, what's the, what's so the requirement? Sites? We, yeah, we, we already have looked at some sites. Like I said, we were already doing viewings. Uh, we already have uh, sort of a, 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 about, about sort of nine to 10 investors already committed and on board with us. Uh, yes, we'd be looking for more investors in the coming months. We'll be looking for more sites, obviously. That's pretty obvious. Uh, but we want to make sure that we get the first one really well. And then from that point, franchising would become a lot more easier. And then the second one is going to be a franchise. It won't be like done by us ourselves. Yes, we'll do the, the know-how and the operations and management and all of that. But it's more going to be like a franchise. Okay. Uh, and in terms of uh, what, what's happening with the... Um... Uh, the network over over the next um, technology wise, you've um, you I can remember very clearly uh, that at one of our early conversations where uh, the first I don't know if it was one or two hundred people uh, in you personally you know screened them on the phone uh, you yeah. checked that they were legitimate and and there was yeah. a, a a great sort of initial core. Uh, yeah. in that property entrepreneurs network and I, uh, I I remember thinking this is this is going to be so hard to maintain that quality as you build it out yes and you you and I said that to you after a, a couple of months and uh, and you your answer uh, was was basically that uh, uh, as you expand out technology and uh, and having other representatives involved was a, that like the key in it. And, and, um, on, on terms of the, so obviously the representatives, you're, you're getting a few on board, which is great. Yeah. And it sounds like you could use another few. Um, yeah. What about technology? What, what's happening? So, so technology wise, we are investing very, very heavily into technology. As we speak, uh, we, are, we, are, we are bringing more features on the platform PEN itself, propertyentrepreneursnetwork.com. We are also launching the app of PEN in the next sort of four or five months. We are also launching an internal CRM system, which will be available to the internal team first, and eventually it will be available to the external people as well. So we are launching, like I said, the app as well as the, 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 the CRM system. And also at the same time, we're bringing some new features on the platform itself, the social media features. We are also investing into another app, which is besides property. It's, it's nothing to do with property, but something else altogether. Uh, so we are launching two apps and a CRM system right this year in the next sort of four or five months. Uh, but this will help us leverage our business about 10 times over. Well, I'm, 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 I'm keeping fingers on that, uh, crossed on that, that we will leverage our business about 10 times over just because of this technology that we're launching. And you're obviously a committed family man, Jack. Um, what, what, uh, how do you keep the balance uh, amongst all this? Because I'm struggling to keep up with all of uh, the things that you've, you've got on your plate. How, how do you, <laughs> you manage it all? Uh, I must say it's not easy. Um, anyone who says you can have a really balanced family and business life, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult, I must say. I, I won't say it's impossible, but it's very, very difficult. 
so you'll always be more inclined towards one or the other. Um, I'm always more inclined towards business, not that I don't spend time with family. I still spend lots of loads of time with family. But at the same time, I must say it is difficult. Um, but, but one thing I've learned is that it's not when you want to have a balanced life between family and, and business, sometimes it's not about the quantity of time you spend with family, it's a quality. So even if you spend, let's say, two hours with your, you know, have a, have a little one, have a five-year-old daughter, if, if I want to spend that time, even if I go and spend that, those 20 minutes with her, and I'm, if I'm actually present in those 20 minutes with her, they can be some really good quality. And that's what I tend to do. I want to make sure that I, when I, the time that I spend with my family, or for that matter, in my business as well, I'm really, really present, and that it is really quality time uh, to make sure that, you know, it's all looked after and as much balanced as possible. Okay. And, and what, um, what, what do you see uh, as the link between the technology and the, the balancing of time? I mean, technology really helps you leverage. I mean, there's, there's, there's apps available that will allow you to post on me, social media, you know, automatically. You can plan ahead your emails. You can, you can use apps. These, there's all sorts of technology available allowing you to save on your time or use your time more effectively and efficiently. Uh, it's only, it's, it's like you need to go and find those apps. You need to go and find those uh, softwares allowing you to do that. And we use quite a lot of that. We use massively, we literally use everything that is potentially available and, and is required by a company to leverage and save our time so that we can, we can, we can grow our business. And uh, in terms of um, your, you, you come across all sorts of um, property strategies. What, what, what do you think the good ones and um, for the rest of uh, 2021 and, and, and beyond, what, what do you think the really good ones uh, are at the moment? I, I, I believe, and I think we, we actually did this uh, an event some time ago and I actually shared some of the most profitable strategies in, in property business. And I actually made like a chronological order of things where I said that this, these are the strategies that are most profitable to the least profitable. And, I, and I'm happy to share here that, you know, the most profitable, unfortunately, the, the most profitable ones have the longest sales cycle, which means that if you focus on them, it, it just takes you a lot longer to get paid. If you have the patience, patience and the persistence and obviously the income behind it, you can focus on these. But property technology pays the maximum. Uh, it's just that it, it's going to take you two, three, four years before you can start to monetize or maybe longer depending on, on the context but it can take you longer to monetize but once it starts to pay off it pays off really well Pe property technology as the top most profitable strategy uh, like UCP and as a platform is it's it, uh, we know that in the long term it's going to become really profitable um, then after that it's always been and will always remain is the land deals uh, land deals are very very profitable especially planning uplifts uh, we worked on one uh, 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 sort of this year, uh, between last year and this year. It has turned out some really decent profit. Um, so it's, it's the land deeds and development deeds that are really profitable. Development is quite tough. Uh, we've done some, we already do now, even now, but developments are pretty tough and it's not a, a cup of, it's, it's, not, it's not for everyone, let's put it this way. But planning uplifts are really, really profitable. Uh, but again, it's just a longer sales cycle for people to focus on. If you, if you, or for that matter, anyone who's listening, 
starts focusing on planning up lifts and land deals. Uh, you need, do need to learn the hard skills and the soft skills to be able to get them done. But once you do, they can be very, very profitable. They can pay you major chunks of profits. And then obviously in the chronological order, you have the, these developments and office to resi conversions and then the HMO conversions and uh, the BRR, which is the buy refinance deals and uh, guest houses and hotels. And you know these are all the strategies that are in the midst of like the chronological order uh, that can be really profitable uh, right down to the B tiers and the rent to rents, which are right at the bottom of the list. Uh, but even rent to rents right at the bottom of the list can be fairly profitable, not the best business to be in, but it can be really profitable, um, can create a decent cash flow. Or for that matter, buy to lets. Buy to lets, I don't actually recommend people to, buy, to invest in buy to lets anymore. Uh, with taxation changes and everything, as soon as the interest rates start to go up, I believe BTRs are, are going to become unprofitable. So I think it's a bad time to be investing in BTRs. For those who already have BTRs like I do, uh, they're still profitable. They're still fairly profitable, but going long term, they're not, they won't be. Uh, but HMOs are going to be profitable and it's an upward scale of you know people not being able to afford properties in UK and, and moving into shared accommodations. That, that's an upward trend. So you're going to make profits in HMOs, guest houses, hotels, depending on how you strategically position yourself in the market. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I believe the most profitable are, are, are land and development deals. And you, you mentioned um, uh, an event that you've been uh, involved with. That, that's a, a, another sort of string to your bow. Um, you're, you've done a bit of, uh, bit of presenting and facilitating events. T tell us a bit about um, how that's been going and what, um, what, what's coming up. So, so basically, when we started doing these events, I always look at, you know, you got to bring that, this front-end value to, for people to join your network or front-end value for people to know what is it that you bring on the table. And that's, how, that's why we started doing these events. And we, we keep them free. I mean, these Zoom events are absolutely free. Uh, in our first one, in fact, I wasn't even expecting we had, I think it was 225 registration in our, in our first Zoom event. And I was actually surprised I wasn't even expecting those numbers. Um, but then we had obviously, depending on the number of people who register and the number of people who turn up, we had about, I think, 80 people turn up at that event. Uh, we keep them free and we provide loads and loads of value. Um, a lot of people do these events and they sell programs at the back end. We, we don't, we don't. We provide loads and loads of value. Yes, we would ask you to join or if you want a strategy session, we give strategy sessions for free. We do these events for free. Yes, we do have services at the back end and we obviously need to make money. But we do provide loads and loads of value and we keep them, like I said, free. We've done about seven events so far, Zoom events in the last year. Uh, between last year and this year, sort of right through this uh, pandemic that we're going through. Uh, and then we're going to keep doing these events for free, absolutely free. And then we bring in some really uh, well-known people in these events. I mean, I think you might have observed in the last one, we had uh, Simon Zucci and Paul Davis, Simon Zucci from PIN and, and Paul Davis from Nimbus Maps. And then we had some internal members as well. We had Nisha Singh from Transfer. Uh, some very, really well-known people doing some great stuff in the property industry. And we had, in our previous ones, we had Susanna Cole and some really well-known people. And like I said, we keep them for free. And we, even when we bring our speakers, we always tell them, look, you can have a call to action, but we're going to make sure that you bring in real value uh, to our audience. So yeah, we, we're going to keep, keep doing them. We will do less, maybe, maybe we'll do one or two or three a year, uh, but we'll keep doing them. Okay. Well, that, that's fantastic. So uh, Jack D, property 
Entrepreneurs Network. Uh, you uh, are doing some, some great stuff out there. And uh, thanks for coming on My Property World. I'm Will Mallard. Jack D, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Uh, for and and just one, one last uh, question before we uh, finish off. How, how does someone get hold of you? Uh, you can find me on pretty much every social media platform as Jack Davra, Jack as in simple J-A-C-K, Davra, D-A-W-H-R-A. Uh, you pretty much find me on all social platforms. If you'd like to get in touch, just come and connect with us, send us a message. We're more than happy to serve. Uh, we have the, the, the YouTube channel as well called the JD Show, the Jack Davra Show. Uh, you'll find us and you'll find well over hundreds of hours of content are absolutely free, allowing you to scale your property business and your portfolio, like I said, for absolutely free. So come and join us in our journey. Fantastic. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading, or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining, and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to, and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.